from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Skills pay the bills. Same topic, different focus. This is part two as we talk about in-season player development. And in this 20-minute or so clip, you'll hear me break down some of our Coach's Edge meeting, our presentation, and really talking about how it would look in the gym if you had 15 minutes, if you had 30 minutes to concentrate on skill development and improvement at the beginning of your practice from the pre-practice series. Players come in and I always say practice starts when you get in the gym, not when the coach brings you in or blows the whistle. It starts when you lace them up and you get the kids into the gym and to be able to instill in them a mindset of growth and improvement of having some autonomy and some ownership over what they're doing when they get into the gym compared to the coach saying, Hey, okay, now I'm starting, do this, do that. They already know some of the things they're supposed to get in throughout the course of their practice. You'll hear me talk about that in this second part episode. If you didn't listen to part one, Make sure you go back and listen to part one because that's when I talk about some of the overarching concepts and how I view player development from a practice perspective. I know some coaches are more offensive-minded, some are more defensive-minded from a strategy standpoint, and I just look at things through the lens of skill development when it comes to camps, clinics, and basketball practices throughout the course of the season. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the show. I jumped rope on and off as a kid. Last year overseas, I decided I was losing the pop pop as an athlete. I was losing the pop pop. And so if you think, I want you to picture a tiger and a gazelle. They're both very athletic creatures, but very different. When you think of a tiger, right? Full of muscle. It, it loads, right? It, it's crouched down and then bam, explodes, right? It ex- explodes. It shoots out of a cannon. Boom. It's grabbing that, you know, whatever kind of deer it is, lunchtime. Delicious, right? And you think of the gazelle, right? The gazelle is a bouncy, springy animal, right? And it's just barely even m- moving anything. It's just boom, boing, boing, boing bounce around. The point is, as an athlete throughout my playing career, I noticed that as the season went on, I maintained or even strengthened the tiger type muscles, the explosive, the quick sprint, the high jump, the the dynamic change of direction. What I felt like I lost as an athlete was the boing, 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 the quick where your feet barely touch the floor and you're able to move your feet slightly. Quick change of direction. So that's why the jump rope was great for me. Does it mean it's going to be as beneficial for every single athlete? No, but it's not going to hurt. And it's great for getting a warm up in. Fantastic for getting a warm up in. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Lunges are another great way. There's a full lunge series. You lunge with each foot forward. You lunge with each foot backward. You lunge with each foot, each foot going right and left. And then you lunge uh, with each foot going back at a 45 degree angle. That's eight lunges. And then you do the same thing, lifting the ball up. You do the same thing, pushing the ball to the floor. And then you do the same thing, 
twisting your torso with every lunge. That's 32 lunges, and it's very good for opening your hips up, getting your body warmed up. And so that's uh, another option for warming up. In fact, we had a lady, uh, two girls who uh, we worked with, varsity players we worked with last night, one was coming off a sprained ankle. And so I didn't want a ton of just the pop, pop, pop with, a, with her ankle with the jump rope. So I had her doing the lunge variation. The other girl, I had her doing the jump rope, right? So we, we split it up. Didn't matter. Same workout, two different warmups for them. Ball handling and finishing. As a person who handled the basketball a lot, five minutes of ball handling before every practice, super beneficial for me. In fact, I can tell you as someone who played mostly the point as a high school player, predominantly the two as a college player. And then there were times in college where I had to shift over to the one. I'm telling you, I didn't handle the basketball enough throughout the course of the practice. We didn't do a ton of ball handling as a team in practice. And that's not the coach's fault. It's my fault. I didn't practice ball handling enough, just working on moves, handling pressure, using my feet, using my body. I didn't practice handling the ball enough throughout the course of the season on my own time. And so there were times throughout those four years of college where when I did shift over to the one and there were certain situations where I was like, you know what? I could have done a better job just because of that feel of the ball. I just didn't get enough reps in, right? Some players, you're not going to want dribbling the ball more than two times. They're going to dribble off their foot out of bounds. So that may not be beneficial. Have them work on their finishing instead. Talked about our form shooting series. Touch on that in a couple minutes as well. And then the last thing that I'll mention is, let's say you have your guys or your girls come into practice and you give them 10, 15 minutes to go through this series or another series that you might have to warm up. And when I was an assistant coach uh, at USA, we, we had players do a form shooting series and coach Martin, this was way back. This was with like, uh, you know, Nick Fletcher and Sean McBrayer and those guys, they come in, they do their form shooting. And then when they finish their form shooting, I'd have them do partner shooting, but coach Nichols, he changed it up. And so with his team, after they finish their form shooting, they play a one-on-one -on -one game, whatever one-on-one -on -one game they like until he decided to start practice. I love that. I like it better than what I had. And so that's a great way to get the competition, the warm-up. right? You talk about basketball movements. What's the best way to get warmed up for basketball? To play basketball. What's the best way to get in basketball shape? To play basketball, right? And so why not do some of that in the beginning? After players finish their little series of getting warmed up, showing them a variety of one-on-one -on -one drills that they could use, hey, two or three guys, your choice. Play some one-on-one, -on -one, right? That's a great option to have. I'll dig in a little bit, and as we finish this out, I'm going to give you, if I had like 15 minutes of what a pre-practice skill development would look like, and then I'll show you if I had like a half hour of what that would look like. But if I had five minutes to jump rope, I'd go 30 seconds on, and 30 seconds off. And then my next set, two to one rest to work ratio, I'd go three quarter speed with the jump rope for 20 seconds, and then I'd rest for 40. And then I do another couple sets, which is more of a four to one rest to work ratio. Or maybe I'm going for 12 seconds on and 48 seconds off. That's if your kids are pretty advanced, they're good with the rope, and you're working on different types of footwork, which I'll show you real quickly right here. 
Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time with this video breakdown because it's already in your Coach's Edge membership, um, but I'll give you some examples right here. Okay, so <clears throat> this is just me explaining what this five-minute jump rope series would look like, and it starts very basic. First set, two-foot basic jumps. I'm talking about the stance, hips, going about 75% speed in this set, for example, and then after you finish that set, you relax, okay? Time comes up for the next one. Might be alternating the feet or changing up the variations of how we how we jump rope, all right? So we just alternate, dorsiflex the toe coming up, right? So that's another example right there. Now, as we progress throughout the course of the year, we might go a little faster. We might not go for quite as long. So if we still got five minutes, Maybe we're spending more time going at a faster pace, as you can see here, but not necessarily for the duration, okay? So if that was a 15-second set and I'm going minute sets, it means I go hard for 15 seconds and then I rest for 45 seconds, okay? And then as you start to get your body warmed up, let's make sure we're adding in some footwork, all right? Let me uh, fast forward here. See if we can show you some footwork. X jumps is an example. Let's see what else we got in here. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of different variations, right? Some some jab steps. There's an endless amount of variations of jumping rope that can be very beneficial for basketball players. And again, it's a great great way to get warmed up, right? I won't go any more on that. Um, but if you have questions about that, let me know. That's in the Coach's Edge membership, a bunch of video examples in there as well, okay? So after we've jumped rope or done lunges, whatever that might look like, we get a little ball handling. Now, again, you don't have to use this exact series. One of the reasons I like this specific series is because I'm working on my stance, I'm moving my feet, and I'm getting a bunch of different types of dribbles in in a rather short amount of time. And so, again, it if it's game application, right? I'm not, for varsity players, I'm not gonna sit there and probably pound it 20 times and then cross over 20 times. And maybe for a, a lower level player, you might do that uh, to, to build some of their reps and strengthen. Uh, but for most players, we're gonna add footwork, we can add different dribble types and they're gonna be in, in pretty good shape, right? And so um, this is just a, a good example of just a bunch of different variations of dribble on the ball. And really good for getting warmed up. Again, it's not stationary, right? But we're still working on our stance. And it's really good for working on different types of game moves. And I just like the pound V because it's harder, right? It's one thing to pound and get into something. It's another thing to V and then get into something. But for practice purposes, to pound and then V, like you should have your kids do it, do both of them and then get into a dribble move. It's just harder, right? It's more challenging, better for your ball control. Do we rep out some ball handling? And then I'll, I'll just touch on real quickly our form shooting. You got to shoot every day. Okay, you got to shoot every day. Now, the really good shooters are going to put in their own time when it comes to getting shots up. Okay, but we have our form shooting series on the coach's edge. If we're low on time, I'd make 30. If you got plenty of time, I'd make 50. Okay, but that's follow through. That's one hand about seven feet away from the basket, one hand working on the follow through. Right. Second set, we're moving the basketball up our body, fluid motion, hand underneath the ball, 
working on continuing the ball motion, driving the elbow through the ball, making five to 10. And then again, we step back with every series. And we go to phase three. Now we start to use the legs, right? And the reason we go ball motion and then body motion is because that's the sequence that you shoot the basketball in. When you shoot a ball, the ball moves first because the ball has farther to travel than your body does. And so if the ball and the body move up at the exact same time, your body's going to be standing straight up. The ball is still going to have a couple more feet to travel. Uh, if you watch Giannis shoot, and he, he's gotten better over the years, but he would start his shot and move the body and the ball at the exact same time. Then his body would be absolutely locked up and tall. And then he's still moving the basketball like three or four more feet. Right. And so you've lost a lot of the, the rhythm that you've generated. It's not always about power. It's about rhythm. Right. And so as the ball moves up and as I start to feel my hand get underneath the ball, that's when I attach my lower levers, my lower levers are hip, knees, ankles, and we come up and out of the shot. And then phase four, we make game shots. Coach Churchak, one of our contributors, when he was at Brown City, they were one of the highest free throw percentage teams in the state of Michigan. And he was asked, do you shoot more free throws in practice? You know, why are you guys one of the best free throw shooting teams? And he had two answers. He said, one, I want to make sure my best free throw shooter shoots the most free throws. That's obviously going to hire your shooting percentage. And then two, it's like we did Coach Kramer's form shooting series every day. And one of the reasons he felt like it helped their shooting percentage was this series happens in front of the rim, starts seven, eight feet, and you're working your way back with each phase until you get to the foul line. And so he just felt like free throws happen directly in front of the rim. This form shooting series happens directly in front of the rim. And it's also moving back so that by the time you're in phase four, it's at the foul line. He's like, I, I'm pretty sure that that also was one of the reasons we were able to shoot free throws at a high percentage. Couple practice samples as we finish this out, and then we'll do some. We'll have a few minutes for Q and A, as well, right? Let's say practice starts at three fifteen. So if you're looking at this, practice starts at three fifteen. As I said before, practice doesn't start when I say huddle up. Practice starts when you get in the gym. So if we get out of school at three, we start practice at three fifteen. As soon as you're laced up, you go through the hall. Talk to your boyfriend or your, your girlfriend or, or, you know, whatever you do, right? You, you get into the gym, locker room, you've changed. You get in, we get our warm-up in, whether that's lunges, whether that's jump rope. We're getting a quick warm-up in. 3.15 is hit. I'm not bringing everybody in. They're continuing their pre-practice, their skill development series. That's ball handling or that's finishing. That could be either. Maybe you got six players doing ball handling. Maybe you got six players doing finishing because of the role that they have on their team. I like everybody to shoot. So then we'll transition into our four phases of form shooting. And they get that in. So now we're at 15 minutes, right? After they finish that series, I'm going to have them partner up into groups of two, three, maybe even four, and play some one-on-one. -on -one. While all of this is going on, that's when I gauge the gym. That's when I get the temperature of the gym. They're going through their warm up. That's when I'm going throughout the gym, touching base with every single kid, saying hello to every single kid, fist bumping every kid. Hey, how you feeling today? How'd that test go? Hey, I know your mom's been sick. How's your mom doing? Right? You're 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 touching base. You're building communication. You're building relationships. You're you're building that culture, that foundation that you want to have. Because 
this is the time in your practice when players are working on some of these skills, you don't necessarily need to coach them through every single thing. You need to monitor in every single thing. They know what to do. They're doing it while they're building those repetitions. They can chat a little bit and you're also walking around just touching base, making sure how everybody's doing, getting the chance to compete as well. So we'll play a little one-on-one and at some point in there, Hey, we're going to huddle up and we're going to play. This could also easily morph into, okay, we did some skill development. We played some one-on-one. Let's just build off this and keep going. Let's play some small sided games out. of it. Let's go some two on two out of it. Let's get up and down a little bit. It's, it's very easy to transition this pre-practice warmup into continuing to build your practice. Here's another example if I had a little bit more time. So again, using the example that school gets out at three and we start practice at 3.15. Practice starts when they get in the gym, not at 3.15. So kids come in, jump rope, ball handling or finishing, form shooting, but now I have more time. So what's another thing? that I would absolutely do is focus on finishing. Maybe we got some bigs, some kids that we don't really need dribbling a whole lot. And so they might get finishing in twice. They might get a a few minutes of finishing in and then work on their form shooting. And then we have what I will, will call our finish or two of the day, right? And these are my four favorite two foot finishes as an example that we could practice. There's a lot of shot fakes and pivot reads that come out of stride stop which would be driving, let's say I'm driving right, that would be a right foot, left foot landing, right? So if right foot hits first and then my left foot helps me stop, my back foot or my right foot, that would be the pivot. And I'm in a staggered stance, right? So that could bring me and my momentum into the hoop. That could allow me to pivot off that back foot and create space. The one-two would be the opposite. The one-two would be an inside foot pivot. So if I'm driving right, my left foot hits first, that would be what you call my break foot. That becomes my pivot. My right foot hits. That's how a lot of players would traditionally shoot, would be an inside foot, outside foot, or a one-two. And there's a bunch of finishes that you have off of that. And then as far as moves go, my two favorite two-foot finishing moves would be a spin and a pro hop. Pro hop is your jump stop, but it's a change of direction on the jump stop. So we might have a finish of the day. And we have a guided reps off that. So I was talking about the coach Fayella before, maybe we're partners. I throw it out to him. We're working on a pro hop. I throw it out to him at the right elbow and he's driving to the middle of the basket and the guided practice for me, because he's my partner is I throw it to him. He drives to the middle of the paint, to the front rim. I step up to that spot. I put my hands up to signify, okay, there's help defense. He can't continue to go here. Boom, he changes direction. He caught it on the right elbow. He drove left to the middle, and then he finishes back on the right side using a pro hop. As soon as he takes that shot, I've already gone to the right elbow. He gets the ball. He throws it out to me. I drive. He steps up, and we're just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for a minute or so. We switch sides, do the same thing there. And if we've worked on driving to the middle, we do the same thing driving down the lane line, working on that same pro hop finish. And we get into our one-on-one. I would play some one-on-one every day, even if it's just a little bit. I play one-on-one every single day because I think it's one of the very best things that you can do with some kids to build their skill development, both offensively 
and defensively. With that said, we can get specific with the type of one-on-one -on -one we want to play. In the coach's edge, right? We have videos on transition one-on-one -on -one drills, closeout one-on-one -on -one drills, help side one-on-one -on -one drills. We just put a PDF on some post-finishing one-on-one drills and we'll record a video and upload that for you as well. So it's one thing to play one-on-one. -on -one. We can still put them in specifics or constraints, guiding them into certain things that we want to practice and need to execute in the game. It's certainly not roll the ball out, play some one-on-one, -on -one, use 100 dribbles. We would never do that, okay? If you still have more time, that's when I would get in more shooting, variable practice shooting drills. If you go into the uh, shooting section of our membership, hit the CB super shooter drills in PDF or video form. Those are some of my favorite shooting drills because there's time, there's score, and it's variable shooting. So I think on nine of those 10 drills, you're not doing the same shot twice in a row, right? You're changing locations. You might be catch and shoot. You might be into a pull-up. You might be cutting into a shoot, a shot. You might be sliding into a shot, working on different types of shot types that happen a lot in the game. Again, you got to practice what happens most. And offensively, we're working on our finishing, or we're working on our shooting, and our ball handlers practicing handling the ball. That's uh, 30 minutes. I just gave you 30 minutes, really 25 if they're starting their, some of their warm up before practice starts. If you don't have 25 minutes in your practice to work on developing skills with your players, then skill development improvement is not a priority for me. Your priority may be executing your offense, executing your defense. Is that important? Yes but are your players going to continue to grow and improve throughout the course of the season? No, they'll get better at executing what you want them to execute. But in order to truly execute in your system, they need to have the skills to pull it off, especially from an offensive standpoint. And so that's why when I think of a basketball practice, I think of what are the skills that we need to work on every single day that are going to allow us to play to our system and continue to grow out of that throughout the course of the year. That's how I look at it, all right? I'll give you a quick example of some of the closeouts. I like this little series because closeouts, to me, are the hardest part of defense. And so if we practice closeouts, we're working on our defense, and we're working on the reads, from the offensive side of things, we uh, go to a two. Okay, so this is a one-on-one a -on -one closeout drill, all right, that we're showing right here. Again, it's all in the membership. So, okay, we guys slide, we hit wherever the ball goes. We're getting into our closeout. We're attacking quick. I think we gave these guys a dribble limit. Let's make it, take it. All right, guys underneath, he can throw it in to whoever he likes. Boom, you get it. You can light it. You can put it on the deck, uh, whatever you like. All four of these guys, they don't look like it, all four of these guys played or are playing college basketball, right? They got game. What do they do? They can shoot it. They're skilled, high IQ players. So all these little things, just rep, 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 they work, right? Working on shooting off the catch, two on one, two on two. You can build off this and do a lot of different things, okay? So as you're continuing to think about 
how you can incorporate certain skills into your practice. How can you then incorporate multiple skills into your practice? How can you incorporate those skills in a more competitive gameplay? You know, this is a progression from one-on-one -on -one all the way up to two-on-two, -two, showing you example off the closeout, right? Coach, or this could be even another group of two players who passes the basketball in. They're playing make it, take it right off of this variation. Super simple. It's very efficient. Kids get better out of it. And the best part yet, the kids actually like it, right? They like doing, they have fun doing these drills, okay? So think about that as you get into your practices, as well as, you know, do we need to shorten it? Maybe you don't need to shorten your practice. Maybe you can get more repetitions and just tweak some of the drills so that they have a little more fun out of it, okay? So that's the presentation. Thanks for being a part of coachesedge.coach. You get a chance to listen to the, the podcast. Maybe most of you guys are podcast listeners already, um, but make sure you check out that because that really complements the site and vice versa as far as some of the things that we touch on on the podcast. We go into even more detail with the membership. Um, and if there's something we touched on the membership, a lot of times on the podcast, we'll talk about that as well. Um, and so that can be a good place to, to go to as well. So if you can, you know, share with somebody, let them know what we have going on, uh, some of the things inside the membership or that we talk about on the podcast. That is, um, thank you for listening to part two of our series on in-season player development. Again, just looking at practice from a different perspective. You look at it from an offensive execution standpoint, a defensive execution standpoint. I just seem to look at things from the skill development standpoint. That's what gets me fired up more than anything else is seeing individual players improve and teams improve as a whole through their reps, their reads, their footwork, their shooting, all of those different basketball skills, decision-making. So if you found it beneficial, positive rating, review goes a really long way. Share this episode out. I mean, those are really the only ways that this podcast grows ratings, reviews, and sharing. Super hard to grow uh, a podcast unless you have a big social media following, which, which I don't. So you being able to review, share it out with somebody else goes a really, really long way. And if you want this video presentation, there's about 20 slides. There's some video clips that I show. All of our Coaches Edge members get access to hundreds of videos. But if you want to get a look at this one, just shoot me an email, contact at kermerbasketball.com. It's no problem. I'll send you the video link and you can check it out. Thank you for listening. As always, get after it today.